Welcome to Theme Tune. It's our belief that movies that resonate with us are the ones that are trying to say something. They make some sort of statement about a better way to live. Some people call this a theme, others a moral. We call it an armature. The best movies, in our opinions, are the ones that say something specific and say it well. So join us as we analyse and take apart some classic movies and see what they are trying to say. This week's movie is The Apartment, which is written and directed by Billy Wilder. Just a quick note on this episode. Uh, This was one of the first ones we did, and we were still working out some of the technical issues with how we recorded, since we're in different locations. Um, So unfortunately, the audio quality is a little inconsistent. We apologize for that, but we still wanted to post the episode, as we felt the conversation was worth sharing. Hope you enjoy the show. Alright, so this week we watched The Apartment. Um, What did you guys think? I really liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it was uh, very interesting in its clarity of ideas. That was kind of yeah. That was what I was gonna say as far as like the thing that stuck out the most was its simplicity and clarity. Like it, it was very clear what it was about. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess. I think we started last week with uh, what? what's the armature, so I guess that's always a good place to start. So what was the armature? Um, the uh, most clear one um, for the apartment for me, and this isn't mine, this has been stated by the legendary Brian McDonald in one of his podcasts, um, but it was very clear that this is what it was saying to me when I was... I wasn't confused by it. It's not what it says, but it seems very much to say, uh, uh, don't prostitute yourself. Or maybe to put it another way, like, you know, you, maybe another way of putting it would be, like, have have value in your own self-worth, maybe, would be another way of putting it. But I think don't prostitute yourself is, like, a super clear way of saying it. Yeah, it's very very concise like right yeah to put it in terms of the movie um uh fran was that her name uh she she at some point you know she says either um you take or you get took and then the uh the jewish doctor says like be a shem or whatever his phrase is you know be a human is how he articulated it Uh, Mensch, yeah, Mensch, yeah. 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 yeah I Mensch. was very off, but Mensch, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the doctor character and the uh, the other people in the apartment building were very, uh, very much uh, the the moral arbiters of uh, of basically explaining to. Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy boy, <laughs> he was that he was incorrect in his ways, yeah. even though his ways were not what they thought. Right, what they thought he was doing and what he was actually doing were two very different things. <laughs> um, what's funny though is that like even though they were kind of, I guess the moral uh, ideal of the film, uh, they weren't really. I mean, they were they were kind of condemning of him, but it it wasn't out of like 
I don't know. They didn't separate life from him. Like, it seemed like these kind of parents who were just like, hey, you're running your life down, like, a bad path. Don't do that. It wasn't this, right. like, uh, we we got to stay away from him. He's he's doing the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much the community of the building. Like, mm. And it was like, you're, you're damaging yourself if you do this. It's not good for you. And right. then when... Uh, when they start getting involved, like when the stuff happens with, uh, when uh, the when she tries to commit suicide and he has to call the doctor over to to help. The like the point at that point is like what are you, what are you doing? And then the and then the doctor's wife comes over to help. Like the first thing she does is like I wouldn't. She like berates him at the door and like he doesn't keep any secrets from me. I know exactly what happened. She has no idea what happened. She knows the doctor's version of what happened. Mm-hmm. But, but she's like, I wouldn't lift a finger to help you after what you did to her. But for her, I'll do. You know, I'll take care of her. And she like makes her breakfast and comes over and she feeds her. It's like this is a stranger. She's never met this girl before in her right. life. But she's just being very motherly to her because it's just someone who needs help. Mm-hmm. I think that's also another contrasting thing done very much on purpose in the film. Like, what are the, what those people are like versus what the people in his office are like. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seems like those are all, I guess, what you could call clone characters. Like, they were kind of the moral moral ideal, but then, yeah, all the other sort of managers and bosses and stuff were kind of the clone characters of, like, the path he could have took yeah yeah it was uh, abundantly clear that this office did not have an hr department or a uh, <laughs> already one of the guys uh i think it was the first guy we met who or no it was maybe the second one of the second guys who used his apartment was the head of the hr because i remember like he was it was the first day he was sick and he called the HR department. I was like, oh, he's going to call off. But then he was like, can I get you to reschedule? Is it HR? Yeah, it was. Oh, I didn't yeah. notice that. I didn't notice it was HR. All right. Well, they don't have a... Uh, they don't. They they certainly don't have the, uh, the kinds of uh, office work area rules that you would get sent to HR for <laughs> in the current day and age. Especially at that Christmas party, it was like fifty people making out with each other at that party. <laughs> um, yeah, that, um, that was uh, that was a workplace standard I was unfamiliar to. About <laughs> um, what well, I actually said before we go too much into some of the the other like areas that I definitely want to get to, but one of the things that was really really well done, I thought, was this the the start of the movie like how it set everything up it sets up the world like it's just you know this is and it sets up the world in a way that it gives you everything you need to understand what like where they are and then these are just like a couple of some i guess kind of inconsequential people in the in this world um, but they're, you know, they matter to us because they're the ones we're, we're watching. But they, 
you know, it's like the, you know, the, the New York City, eight million people, blah, 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 and then like one of the most popular cities in the world, and there's just like this big helicopter shot of New York. And then he talks about like his company, and his company is like, you know, one of the biggest insurance companies or whatever, and there's 30,000 people working in that building, and he's got this weird very specific start time of work of like five twenty uh, like nine twenty in the morning or something like that um because and he even states it because of you know so they can avoid traffic jams in the elevators and it's just like you know it's just basically this is a machine this this is a giant business it's a machine and this guy is a cog in this machine and he's good at being the cog in that machine um, and then everyone there is kind of the same. They all have the same desks. They all have the same chairs. They all have the same machines on their desks. They're all doing kind of the same thing. Um, so it's just like abundantly clear that they are, you know, how they're building who he is. It's really like efficient and clean and I thought pretty, uh, pretty clever the way they kind of put that all together. Yeah, I agree. I one thing that I noticed first was that it definitely had what uh, Brian McDonald <laughs> has referred to as like the old kind of theater first act where it actually had a fade out and a fade back in after the first yeah. act. Um, but it did set up a lot because it set up all that. But then what's interesting specifically about the elevators is Fran was an elevator girl. So it was like mm-hmm. it set up that whole system and why they see the elevator per- and why there even is an elevator person um, right and then also uh yeah him using his house you know selling it out to the executives and stuff i was surprised that they actually covered that in the first act like it it put tension immediately in sort of okay this guy is being taken advantage of yeah yeah just right, right off the bat is Like, like that's not even like, like oh he's sl- he's slowly you, you know they actually yeah they don't actually show the process of of him getting involved in that it's just like oh this is his normal life like wait what yeah yeah it doesn't show how it starts because this is like because it's just this is his every day every day he. And maybe not every this, but this is standard. Mm. This wasn't a special thing. This was a normal thing, like, and mm. even with the whole like get preset excuse for the landlady who's like, "What's the matter? You locked out of your apartment?" And he's like, "Oh no, no, he's waiting for a friend." Lights a cigarette, like he's just purposely gonna wait in the street for someone to come. And then immediately when the door opens, like he goes and hides down the stairs, like it's all like automatic. He's not like, oh shit, where am I going to go? It's like, nope, oh, just zip down the stairs so they can go and they can go back upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I you know, also noticed like, there's just like the other, other small things he would do, like, you know, like as he's, you know, like a- after, you know, you know, you know he's, He's woke up in the middle of the night, uh, yeah, and you know the guy want, wants to have his apartment. And he's like, "What? That's yeah, and like you know, it's, it's night. You, know, you can't kick me out now. Like, 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 no, I have to. You know, I'm, you know, 
know, by the way, I'm going to give you that recommendation and everything and, and all that. And, you know, like as he's, as he's leaving the apartment, uh, he writes that note, you know, puts it on the, on the record player, you know, so like, oh, people complain, like, like, it's almost like his little, like, uh, it at least came across to me as, like, like, him, uh, a feeling like, like ha- having having some kind of control, like, hey, take that, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah, like he actually has any say of anything, you know, yeah, it's, it's like things like that, like oh, you know, don't do that, or anything, which, you know, he he, I, I cl- clearly doesn't, and. I mean, not to jump, you know, head too much, but like, uh, like, uh, uh, by the time he gets to his, uh, a really big office, you know, and his name's being written up there, you know, you know, he's saying to Fran, like, like, see, I, uh, he he wasn't using me, I was using him, see, yeah, <laughs> like it, it was, like I, I, like, this was all my do, my master plan. <laughs> Like I wasn't being taken advantage of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because he he fights back almost every time. There, there's a little bit there in the middle where he kind of just like, you know, just lets it all happen. But it, he does do some pushback, but it does always seem like he's just like, you know, uh, I guess, you know, I don't want to get fired. I, I do want to act you know, ex-promotion and stuff. I thought the promotions were actually done pretty well, too, because I thought they were going to dangle it in front of him and he wasn't actually going to get it at all, and they were going to make the point that way. But for him to actually, like, make steps towards that, and then he actually gets more than he initially wanted before he makes, you know, the final decision. Right. That was beautiful. That was very well done. Yeah. Yeah, because he's getting paid. I think that was the thing. Like, he's it's he's getting paid for the thing he's doing just like she did that was the mm-hmm. other part that i thought was really well done um that i think is also brought up um but like when she it's uh it's right before christmas and uh uh the uh the kind of head guy from the office who uh is you know, who love who is having an affair with Miss Kub- Miss Kublik, and uh, which is who uh, our protagonist is is actually falling for. Like, would they have uh, kind of like a uh, right before Christmas getaway at the apartment, and they exchange presents? She has a she has a present for him, and it's a record, and it's a record of the music from the Chinese restaurant. Right. Like it's that music that is supposed is like their music and their song. Like that's the song that the piano player at the restaurant starts playing when she walks in. Yeah, uh, that's so, it's so like that's a the record gift. Right, it's actually like he, mm. you know, she does genuinely love him, and he's literally just like, oh, I didn't have a chance to get you anything. Here's a hundred bucks. Buy yourself something nice. Mm-hmm. And then she starts taking her gloves off and takes her coat off. And he's like, oh, well, it, we, they'll have time now. I gotta go. 
And he, I think he even says the line of, if we hadn't have wasted the time earlier, we could have had mm. some fun. And it's like, right. the wasted mm. time earlier was her questioning his motives. Right. It was right. her genuinely questioning. It was like, are you really going to do this? She was having a serious relationship-based conversation. And he's like, yeah, I'm wasting the time earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, so then he gives her the money, and she starts, starts taking her clothes off and says... Uh, and he's like, "Oh, we could have we could have done this earlier, but now we got to go." And he's like, "Well, I figured as long as it was paid for." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he's grossly offended by it, but that's just she's there now. She's just, no, this is exactly what this is. Yeah, yeah. It it got interestingly like uh, real. I I guess that maybe I just have this weird like. Uh... I don't know, moral wash of old films in my mind, like sort of, you know, the kind of fifties, like there's a way to do films and what's allowed to be on TV, that kind of stuff. But this film got into some real stuff with, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, her attempting suicide and uh, just the realities of, you know, just prostituting yourself. It it made yeah. it made its point very clearly <laughs> to restate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also like that was the other interesting bit that they had there when when she does that like she she takes the sleeping pills. And uh, and leaves what what uh, he believes is the note. Um, like what Bud believes is the note. Um, it's like. The, yeah, he walks into the room and sees her there, and he's angry at first because he's finally like he's got some girl that he met at the bar or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like he's finally like, no, he doesn't care, but he's drunk and she's drunk, and they're both just gonna have some fun or whatever, and he comes in and he's mad because he sees her there, and he's like, you gotta get out, this is this, you know, because he he's yeah. mad at her because he liked her, and. I guess maybe feels a little bit let on or lied to, even though that was not really what happened, but he's just kind of kind of taking it out on her. But as soon as he realizes what's happened, like, he changes completely into kind of the good person he really is. Like, it's immediate. I thought what was also interesting about that scene was, um... So, yeah, with that... that sh- <laughs> First off, that bar scene was ridiculous. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Santa Claus. Like, well, just all of it, like starting <laughs> off with like him just so you know broken-hearted that he doesn't notice these straws being pointed at him, and then the weird <laughs> conversation they had as they're both like staring off into space, and then we cut to a different story, and then we cut back to them just dancing, but not like holding each other, but their cheeks are <laughs> resting <Yeah>. on each <laughs> other. <laughs> but anyways, the, to get to the <coughs> the scene where um yeah, uh he takes her back to the apartment. It seems like that was kind of that was like the divide, right? Like that was where he could have just became the the CEOs and the executives that, you know, have modeled that world for him. Just like, I mm-hmm. guess what this is life is about because I right. can't get what I want. But then, yeah, then he he's given another option. 
Right. Yeah, because it's immediate. Like, yeah, because right before they leave the bar, the last question that the girl in the bar asks is like, "Oh, so your place or mine?" And he's like, "My place, where everyone else goes." Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally turns into the place. It's just the place where everyone goes to essentially have an illicit affair. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's and that's why I thought it was kind of interesting that she was also married. Yeah, that is an interesting. Like I obviously I intuitively put that together, but I did. Yeah, I didn't think about that as a an opposite parallel. he was kind of the, the yeah the one uh, breaking up a marriage in that instance right and she well I don't know, I think she she had to be married right because it's it's you know so you so you definitely cannot mistake it for a thing of like he's moving on Mm-hmm. He's just like, no, we're just gonna have some fun. I don't, you know, right. and that's and that's all it is. Because she's even like talking about like how much she loves her husband and stuff. Like when on the walk back to the apartment, to the apartment yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, he's so cute. He's five foot two. I call him little Munchkin or something along those lines. And then he, she's like, you go to see a picture of him. It's like not particularly. <laughs> And yeah, this but it did kind of like really well was it had a mix of like some really kind of fun and silly comedy here and there. And then the like the bits of like of just oh no yeah no this this is just this is just sad. This is this is rough. Like and how they uh yeah, and leading up to that, how they uh, relayed that information, you know, to the characters and us, I thought it was pretty crazy uh, with the mirror. Mm. Uh, him just looking at that. That was nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Know. And even her line there, like, I, I like it broken because then, what did she say? It's like, I, I see I, how I feel. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a cool line. I liked that. Yeah, that was that was pretty punchy, and and made again made total sense for the for the beat that they were getting at because she's uh, at that moment especially she's pretty lost in what to do, and he's just not reading it at all because he's that's he's just gotten his new apart is a. Uh, new office yeah that uh, scene was actually kind of stressful yeah yeah because he like all he wants to be is happy and try and be like happy with her and like you know trying to impress the girl that he likes and stuff and she's not seeing any of it because she's dealing with her own stuff and he can't see that oh yeah the (laughs) the yeah like you said yeah it was pretty painful yeah you know him you know you know, he's putting on that silly hat, you know, this, you know, and she just, just, like, just not even there at the moment. Like, yeah, well, 
<laughs> like, yeah, that's that's strange. Because then there was later when uh, he was first nursing her back to health when uh, he brought out the cards. And it was kind of the same thing where he was just like, he was just playing the game. And every now and then he would try to relate a little bit. But then once things went into like deeper, more intimate worlds, then uh, he was like, uh, Jin. And, you know, they would just keep playing and she was just checking out for all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was kind of a stressful character to like get behind. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, and it's and it makes makes sense too. Like, as far as like how how we were introduced to to him, that like like just like how entrenched he is into you know whatever this mindset is like which is uh like like i guess sort of like like uh you know telling himself that everything's fine you know which is mm-hmm. you know basically what he's he's doing yeah instances like that it's like no no we're, we're just playing cards like yeah just looking at the cards it's fine yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why it's so stressful because, like, you just, as an audience member, you just want them to have like that that nice intimate conversation where they kind of lay everything out and they're honest and like there aren't like layers of meta. Um, what what am I trying to say? Subtext. Yeah, not meta. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, when it, when he's just kind of keep ignoring the problem. It's very stressful to watch. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of what the first instance of yeah him him uh 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 him being being more vulnerable. Uh, at least the one that comes to mind is uh you know uh him. Him tell, telling her the story, you know, you know, with the gun and everything, he shot his leg. Yeah, yeah, I think that was kind of. I, I think that was one of the few times they actually showed him vulnerable. Yeah, when he was trying to relate to her, seeing that he went through the same thing after a breakup and tried to take his life. In one of the episodes of the podcast, they talk about this idea that I'd never heard of before until. Um, their podcast called Mirror Neurons, okay, and, yeah, the, and that's the thing that lets you empathize. Mm-hmm. Like if things are done a certain way, then you basically are putting yourself in the in the other person's position, and you're able to feel how they feel, and then use the to the point of the tools of storytelling are to do that to you, so you then feel the information. Hmm. And you have the you have the understanding now of like, um, because the apartment's a great example because the term that the if the armatures don't prostitute yourself, they're like, well, yeah, sure, and but the point no one in that story thinks that's what they're doing, right? And it's what they but it's it's quite literally what they are doing. But no one thinks that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like you're seeing what's happening. You're seeing, you, know, you don't, people don't overtly show to you that they're using you. Even though it's exactly what they're right. doing. That's what uh, Sheldrake is doing to her. Like he gives her this whole line about how he's going to get divorced and and he's talked to the lawyer and she buys it because of course she does. She loves this guy. So not lying to her as far as she's concerned. And then there isn't even a hesitation when he's talking to um, when he's talking to Bud later. He tells her, he's like, he's like, yeah, you go out with a girl a couple of times. She expects you to divorce your fucking wife and leave your kids and move in with her. It's like, it's crazy, right? And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. What the heck? <laughs> and that's the, and yeah, so the whole thing is like, it's the empathy. That's why ever really like I think I felt this for a little while but I haven't really uh, said it out loud but that's what the difference is for me now between a really great good or great story and a so-so story like movies that don't do that make me care less I wonder exactly, if yeah. that um, the the like the term dilemma kind of hit me differently right now because people always talk about that like there has to be part of you know dilemma and essentially that's just context like you have to understand all of the parties and their values at play and how they can't get along because I thought that was something that uh, the the apartment did fantastically well i I mentioned this uh before the podcast but like it really drags you through the mud from the beginning of the film until like the very 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 last part of the film like every part of it just like does it feels scummy it feels gross you want them to be to like get out of this like situation that they've or this hole that they've kind of dug themselves in and it's kind of interesting it's like even though you feel like this big dilemma for them like you feel a lot of like chest crunching like like the resolution is just i'm gonna do what i want instead like it's such a simple thing on a like like when you just say it like he just quit his job but then when you know the context of you know like you know he was afraid of losing his job he worked hard for the positions he got not only like he valued you know promotions and all that but it, it was just great, and it was funny when, uh, you know, he quit his job and he stormed out, and they played this, like, triumphant uh, trumpet music. Uh, my roommate Griffin was like, ah, the hero's uh, triumph song. Like, it just, it did it. it mm-hmm. That small little choice that he made, like, you were like, ah, oh, ah, oh, yes, yes, you did, yes. <laughs> Andy, Andy running through that 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 ditch full of water. That's what it was. Yeah, this yes. tiny little version of that. Exactly. Yeah. In the hope that was being brought back to Franny, as you know, you know, you know, the boss character, you know, was you know complaining about him and stuff, and you know, all leading up to 
you know, uh, you know, the last shot of them, you know, just, just dealing out cards. That, that was, it's like so incre- incredibly satisfying. This, as you sitting there all happy, like, man, like, I'm happy for them. <laughs> yeah. Those were kind of a lot of the story stuff. Like I said, like it really drags you through the mud, um, which is great. It, it sucks that those are the stories that that are the good stories right like Mm. it (laughs) it is not an enjoyable experience to go through you know the apartment or shawshank but it's worth it in the end i think yeah because it has to be yeah it's it's the only i think that seems to be it's the only way that it that it works i think because otherwise um you can't feel the highs if you don't have the lows. Right. Because if everything is fine, then everything's oh, yeah. just fine. You don't you don't care. Yeah, nothing resolves. Yeah. yeah, it's like think when thinking about the alternatives, like like either it's like it's it's bad all the way to the end, or it's all good all the way to the end. All right. Or everything's fine the whole movie, and then suddenly at the end everything goes terrible. At the end, how it's, uh... and I was like, well, none of those seem satisfying. <laughs> and yeah. like, because it also has to work. It's done the other way too. Like you know, you don't have as many movies that haven't have a down ending, but when they do, they have a. Uh, they have a high that everything is okay at some point right and then bring you down yeah like that was that was butch cassidy more or less so yeah true yeah 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 it's like the uh yeah the only way you can feel the 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 high it's um i'm gonna bring up brian again when he explains the idea of this using the three little pigs like the only reason for having the first two pigs or clone characters are so you can see the low because if you didn't have them because it's only really about the third pig having the house of bricks but if you only had the third pig in the house of bricks the story's just you know one day a pig built a house with a house of brick now a wolf came along, tried to blow it down, didn't work, and the wolf left. <laughs> nothing, nothing happens. There's no. It's just like, you know, you maybe you could have a joke in the middle where the pig's looking out the window. Yeah, it's 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 the perfect example because it's just like, yeah, this is this is why that works, and everything else is just essentially a more complicated version of that. And because, and I guess the other thing it doesn't really have is the stuff we were talking about earlier with empathy. That's because it's a much simpler story, but so it doesn't really necessarily give you the chance to start empathizing. But it's a simpler idea as well, so maybe it doesn't necessarily need to get you ingrained as much. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say well, it's non-empathetic because, like, it's been around this long because it's been useful. So, like, true. the the empathetic 
or the empathy towards the you know the last pig and teaching us like mm-hmm. you got to prepare for what's to come. Yeah, yeah, and, and that you want to be the the last pig. You don't want to be those other two pigs. No, that's fair. That's a good point. I would agree with that. It's just, yeah, it's not as <laughs> you don't feel an emotional payoff <laughs> when when he right. wins. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's but that's the thing with the the way that that stuff has to work when you're getting into these other kinds of stories. That's it's got to it can only be that way. I think, um, because yeah, you don't get that payoff from other stuff. I don't think, if it's or, that's why other movies don't feel as good to me. I guess specifically <laughs> because the context they don't make... isn't there. Yeah, if like the, to if empathize. the right. If there isn't enough information there to make me feel like this matters to these characters, or why these characters matter, or make not even matter, just make me empathize with them, then it's not uh, the weight isn't there. So then it just becomes the thing we were talking about before. It just becomes the watching something play out, and you're just kind of not part of it. I feel like Frozen always comes up. It's it's the symbol for me now of <laughs> that story. But I mean, I think that's literally what happened to me in the film. Is I came in with the expectations of Tangled, which does a very good job of telling you why everything matters by the time the crisis comes. But then I watched Frozen and when Anna froze, it was it was that. It was like I knew why I should feel it, but I didn't feel it. And it was because they didn't build up enough context of their relationship to know why they cared. Yeah, if your response is, oh, look, she's frozen. And she's froze. Huh. <laughs> she, she's frozen now. Oh, look at that. Yeah. 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 And it should, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it should be, no! And if it's not that, it, it's that it's. Yeah. Where your stomach just drops. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah. The. Star Wars reference of the week. Uh, so the beat in it's actually there's, there's two. One in each one, like so. There's a beat in the original Star Wars when they when Luke goes outside and the music wells up and he's looking at the two suns, and he's just trapped. It's the beat like it's just after he gets the word like he tries to talk to his uncle and aunt about leaving and going to join the academy because that's his. That's his desire. That's the one thing he wants. All his friends are gone. And basically the uncle says no and it's he's kind of just left. And he goes up and he's just longing to go. And he can't. And it just lets that moment sit. Now of course it helps with the way it's dramatized. you got this beautiful setting with the setting suns and the music welling and you just see his, but you see his face. And he's just got this sad longing in his eyes and it's just done really well and it hits you every time it makes you you know everyone's you know even if you haven't had that moment in your life where you felt something like that it makes you feel it mm-hmm. right yeah 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 
it's it's what I like to call the other other gut punch, you know, from the, from the movie, which like like I think the first time I was like really uh, became conscious of it was after seeing Wreck It Ralph, is I was is uh at least for me that that one uh actually does it twice uh yeah when uh uh i i the first time when he goes to wreck the car you know him and Benetley Bill yeah and that one's rough so it's probably actually one of the hardest scenes I've seen to watch. Maybe not like that. Shawshank's hard to watch, uh, but I don't know that when he's smashing her car. My gosh, that's a very hard scene to watch. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, I was first punch like, oh man, jeez, and and then when he when he uh, fall falls towards the uh, a volcano. Yeah, like oh, there it is again. Oh like, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the fall, and you're like you're just in, and then he starts reciting the speech, and you're just your heart just rips apart. I think it's because like it's such a well articulated like I know I know what I'm doing or I know why I'm doing what I'm doing now, and it's not for me anymore. Like that's literally. I mean, that's kind of a resolution of most films, right? I mean, that was the resolution of the apartments. Like, I'm going to do what I want, and it. I guess it was for him. Okay, that doesn't totally pan out. But, I, I mean, a lot of it is kind of the idea of, like, taking ownership of your life to some extent. Um, and, yeah, for him to be like, okay, I, I'm okay with me now, and I know what I'm do- I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, and it's for her. And I'm sacrificing myself for it. My gosh. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing for him. For for me and Ralph, it feels a, a little bit more like it's... Because his thing has just been he doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy anymore. Right? And... It, he never says he wants to be the hero, I don't think. But he, that's what he wants. He, maybe he does say it or says something like that, but that's what he wants. He just doesn't want to be the, the grouchy old mean bad guy anymore. I mean, kind of like his, his core goal is he just wants relationships, right? Like the metal is just a MacGuffin for him so that they'll let him into the penthouse. Right, He wa- yeah, he mm. wants friends and, and people around him and he thinks... He'll get that by being the good guy. Because that's that's how he's uh, that's how he thinks that works at the start. Because that's why he thinks that's why Felix has friends because he's the good guy, and it's like oh Felix just has friends because he's a nice guy. And it's not that Ralph's a mean guy necessarily, but he's literally built to be the bad guy. But yeah, when he's when that that moment at the end is him just like fully manifesting into like 
this is what it means if you really want to be a good guy. You got to be, if you really want to do the right thing, I guess would be the, the kind of the more articulate way to put it. If you want to, sometimes it means this. Sometimes it means you got to be prepared to just give it all up for the, you know, for the, for someone yeah. else. What's interesting is it kind of like, it's kind of saying, like, you can label me what you want. I know who I am based on what I do, which is kind of sick. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's super sick. I want to, I want to analyze that movie now. Cause it, he, he recites that like, I know I'm a bad guy. Uh, sort of reciting thing that the bad guys and non do. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's we're, we may look at that one. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's just I kind of kind of cleared up for me. I think why I enjoyed the second Wreck It Ralph movie, but not as much as the first. I don't think. And I think, and I, but I wasn't really sure why, but that's why. It doesn't have. It's it it kind of gets there, but it doesn't have that big a moment of that kind of catharsis in there. I think also, and it's been a while since I've seen Wreck It Ralph too, but I remember me and Kaylee talking about this that, like, uh, Vanellope is not at much less fault than. Um, than Ralph in that one but the story kind of puts it all on Ralph like Ralph is the one that needs to grow and that w- that kind of made it because again to go back to the apartment like that was kind of a great thing about it was it showed how both characters needed to grow and then it showed how the growth of both characters brought them together like I thought that was right. great it wasn't right. only put on Baxter or and it wasn't only put on Fran it was like no, you guys are both yeah. in these situations. It looks different, but you both need to grow out of it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, because that's... It's... Yeah, it all ends up being put on him. Because, yes, he's kind of stuck in this place of where... But it's that's, I, that's probably why it feels odd, because it's not a disingenuine, disingenuous place of happiness for him. He's got everything he wants. At the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So there's like, and it's her that isn't fulfilled anymore. Yeah. And, and wants to move on. So, but yeah, she doesn't really, I guess doesn't really end up having to pay much of a price for it. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So she still gets what she she gets to go to the place she wants to go. She gets to have Ralph as her friend still because she gets him to accept that uh, she's the uh, you know she needs to grow and like chase her own dreams. But it might have been a more interesting thing to and it, maybe they touch on it a little bit, but because it's been a little while since I watched the second one as well, but. And it doesn't feel like they... It's not the main thrust of the story of her having to um, discover and move forward. 
she just has the yeah because yeah they just literally the all of like she has this kind of longing for wanting to go but she doesn't and then the machine breaks and then they go to the internet to fix the machine that's why they leave so just to go get the part right so there's no yeah so it's not like she and then she run she stumbles into the people from the other racing game or whatever it is and then she just wants to stay there and there's no like uh dealing with because yeah he just ends up having the the kind of evil ego monster right. thing yeah, that's what's so interesting because I, I again it's been a while i'd have to think about this but like she is valuing uh, that over her relationship with um, uh, with Ralph, which they try to reconcile with sort of uh, a over the distance relationship. They don't really, I don't think they really do that much justice because the relationship they kind of show them having at the end of it is just kind of a catchy uppy relationship it's not like they're building anything or growing right. together they're just kind of catching up so I, yeah I, I agree like she didn't really have to pay for that which was relatively selfish right like right she wasn't thinking about R- ralph's needs yeah yeah i i think the as far as on uh, uh ralph's in the in the story, I, I, I think it, at least, uh, like the conclusion is a, uh, uh, does still feel satisfying uh, when it does does we, uh, it it does reach that conclusion, but yeah, if 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 uh, if. Yeah, like, like all the stuff you guys were talking about. Uh, yeah, if all all that was uh, more more in clear support of of that. It, maybe that's what made that that that's what uh, could have helped make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it's because the Saka one is basically what it high top-down view of it feels like it's supposed to be about kind of if you're gonna real life analogize it like like maybe it's like a like a dad learning to let his daughter go kind of thing because it would be like you know she's got growth to do in her life the dad doesn't want that because he's got this amazing relationship with his daughter but she's got somewhere to go like because they're in a different place and it feels like maybe that's what they're kind of working towards and that does kind of work because then it makes sense that he's the one who has to grow to understand that because that's what they end up saying and that's what if like he he ends up being the one that has to grow to understand that he, like, he, it's not fair for him to make her life about mm. him. 
and she has to, you know, she's got to go and live her own life. I think the problem with that working is that that's not what their relationship was. They weren't a father-daughter. He's just bigger than her. <laughs> like, physically. Yeah, that's, that is an interesting point, because thinking back through it, if I look at it at that frame, I do think that is an impactful story. But you're right. I think it was too much established that they were equals and friends. Right. Like even just how they kind of uh, like bickered with each other was more like siblings. Yeah, exactly. They're like siblings or best friends. They're not a father-daughter kind of thing. Because it's also like, at the end of the first one, yes, he sacrifices himself for her because he wants to save her because she can't leave the game. But then she saves him as well. Like, right at the last second, she drives the car and catches him, right? So it kind of puts them onto an even footing again, which is great. It works, totally works for that first, for the first movie. And that all makes sense. Um, and I think that's the thing with the second one is just the relationship isn't like we've got a predetermined sort of like version of what this relationship is in our heads from the first movie. And then they don't dissuade that in, they don't, I don't even know if that's a word. They don't break that for us in any way in this movie. At the start of it, they're still just best friends hanging out, having fun. And it's like, but then they're having this kind of, but then that's what the path of the story kind of takes, is this idea of like, he's got to learn to let go because she's still got to grow. Which is fine and works for the most part. But yeah, I think it's, if that, that's probably why it feels a little bit disjointed because that's not the relationship that we were set up with so it doesn't quite jive with how they end up there and that's why she ends up paying no price for it yeah yeah that, i think that framework probably to give the writers the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt i mean that is the framework they took it is getting close to uh, the end here is there anything specifically about the the apartment we wanted to wrap up we did go on a tangent man. we did kind of go on a little detour not a bad <laughs> one though yeah um well i think they i think they hit most of the main points but yeah they uh the i think the other points i I thought that were were really good was like the the other guys um, in the office all basically doing the same thing and so they're all married they're all doing this so this is like the common thing and he's the only one seemingly that isn't doing this kind of like playing on the side crap um but that also, I thought it was kind of interesting the way they used Sheldrake at the beginning. Like he got caught, like, the, like he caught uh, Bud. Um, and then it's all just like, oh yeah, no, no, no. 
Uh, let me uh, let me let me see those keys. Yeah. Yeah, they did pacing really interesting because they set up a lot of moments that felt like it was going to be the end. And then that was now a new (laughs) plot point that kept the story going and kind of dug the hole deeper. Because, yeah, I thought that, too. I thought he got caught and I thought I was like, well, now we're going back to a Negro Librium. Like, how are we going to this is right at the beginning of the film. How are we going to watch the rest of the movie? here? I thought Brian said this was a good movie. (laughs) Actually, that was the other point that did hit home for me. Is the the one thing that uh, Bud tries to do through the whole movie is the right thing. What he thinks is the right thing for everyone else. It, it may not necessarily, but like the um, yeah, that was interesting. It's like. So, like, even though Sheldrake is screwing him over when she's there at the apartment, and he's, but then he's still lying to her about, it. oh, yeah, he's super concerned for you, but, you know, he couldn't come here because, you know, bad timing and his family and everything, but, you know, of course he cares. He was asking after you and everything. And then right to the point of, oh, and that's why when, uh, whatever his name is, the brother-in-law shows up and he's mad at her and he's trying, and Bud is trying, he's mad at both of them, but Bud is trying to defend her a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And then she, he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's just, you, she should move because she took the sleeping pills. She's like, Why did you take the sleeping pills? Oh, because I was, you know, I just messed up. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean you messed up? What's going on? And he's like, you know, he's concerned for her and he's still mad and he's yelling. And then Bud stops her. Like, oh, she took the sleeping pill because of me. You know, and it's just, and just gets laid out. <laughs> because he's still just trying to be the nice guy. And like, he's, he's got no reason other than just trying to be the nice guy. What he thinks is the right thing. He had nothing to do with her trying to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Like that I was... did think that maybe he was trying to like keep his job or keep like the thing going because maybe he still wanted like promotions and all that stuff. So, like the facade only perfect. worked if it all stayed under wraps. But I mean, I think you're right too. Like he, yeah, he was just trying to do the best for everyone else right. except himself. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, the I, the way it worked, the way it kind of, the way it came across to me, at least, was he's telling himself he's doing it for the job. Mm-hmm. And he is, in part, doing it for the job, but the job thing doesn't help him at all. Like, that doesn't justify telling the brother-in-law, hey, look, you know, she, you know it's me. That doesn't help him in any way. That are, like job wise. Well, um, I don't know because he's still trying to like maintain the fantasy of that Childress is not a part of this. Because like once you start telling the truth, like it's kind of again why how I interpreted like him kind of controlling when she would want to call her sister and everything. It was all still to just protect Childress's name, so then it didn't yeah. get out. 
I don't know. Like, it's not explicitly in the story. That was just kind of. No, that's yeah. That's but that I don't think that's off the mark either, though. And again, he's 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 yeah. Well, he's and he's prostituting himself. He's putting himself out there for other people other than himself. Like he's doing this because of whatever he thinks is his kind of broken moral compass of the thing that needs to be done. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting though, we really should start wrapping this up, but like, it doesn't even seem that the promotion is actually that driving of a goal for him. I have to think about that. Cause he, even, when he kind of outlate or outlines the story of how it all started, it, it did just seem like someone was in need and he was just like, Oh, you can use my apartment. And he's like, and then it just yeah. kind of got out of hand. Yeah. It wasn't like, like, Oh, what can I do to, you know, get ahead of everyone else? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of fell into it and then, you know, Canada keep going. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, like he seemed excited about the promotions, but it, like, like right. there wasn't any clear like reason for wanting. Yeah, it seemed like it was the carrot that the the other guys were all dangling over mm. because they were all his superiors in some way, right? So like almost as a. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yes, almost as a way of of a, a justifying to himself why he's doing this. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's because them. the and it's literally them paying him. Like oh, yeah. this uh, you know the yeah. the uh, you know the uh, the monthly uh, the monthly uh, reviews are coming up, and I, I put in a good word for you, and that's you know, oh 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 you put in a good word for me oh well uh, yeah well and that's that's. The, that's his hundred dollar bill. Because they all do. They literally all do. And then he's just like, and then Sheldrake's like, yeah, well, they all put in a good word for you, so you get the office. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Um, yeah. It was long, slowly paced, but it was all there. It was very solid. Only parts were slowly paced. There are other parts that felt actually really good. I don't want to leave anybody with that kind of impression. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, it, uh, it actually didn't really feel uh, the slowness of uh, the first time around. Like it was only the second where, like, 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 hmm. Yeah, some of these things are pretty long, but otherwise. Yeah, I didn't, especially not the first time. The second time, maybe a little, but I think that was just more of a a pacing of the time. Like, and also, like, I think, you know, the idea of, like, the, the somewhat slightly slapstick kind of nature of some of the, some of those scenes. I, but they they still had a purpose, I think, because the one that sticks out is the whole like when he's cleaning up the apartment the first time, when he goes back there, it's it's more just reinforcing the I don't know, 
bit of that stuff, but it's more just reinforcing the whole idea of like, this is a thing that's common, and this is what he does. Like, so he comes home, like Dave left, he's cleaning up, he goes into the kitchen, lights the oven, takes the mic, or the, the frozen dinner out of the freezer and throws it in the oven. Mm. Whilst that's cooking, he's like just picking up the glass bottles, putting them in the trash can, taking them outside, which makes him run into the doctor again, who sees who he's been denying that he's doing all this stuff, but then he sees, oh, it's like, oh, those are all alcoholic beverage bottles yeah. in um, that trash can. And, it, and that's why the doctor's just like, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna do yourself in, man. You must have, like, iron kidneys, because right. I don't know how the hell you drink that much. And he won't, like, maybe he hints at them having a party or something. Yeah. Um, but nothing is, like, it's all standard and normal this is completely this is his life right yeah and then the only beat that was weird that didn't seem to have some kind of payoff was just like but it seemed very specific uh was when so it's that same sequence and then he gets his dinner and he goes and sits down and watches tv and he's and there's the the movie that's being introduced and he's like oh it's this whatever movie and i guess it's like a romantic movie or something but then he's like they're like well but first a word from our sponsor so he's like oh let me change the channel well so we have the sponsors and then every other channel is some kind of violent action movie of some kind like some some cowboy movie and people are getting like gunned down and stuff and he doesn't want anything to do with that and changes to the next channel and there's another one that he just changes to the channel and then goes back to the movie and then it's still not started there's another sponsor and he just turns the TV off and I was like that felt like a really specific beat but I wasn't and it was kind of fun and funny but I didn't really catch what it was relating back to other than maybe like a taste thing for him like yeah, i don't know i one. actually forgot about that scene I, that was that was one that kind of slowed down there was also a scene where he was singing an italian song while making spaghetti that just <laughs> like i they were trying to set up the the tennis racket thing but i felt like they did that pretty quickly and then he just kept making spaghetti <laughs> But anyways, point is, it's it's pretty good. It's a very um, or it's an older film, but um, yeah, very very concise in what uh, what its theme is, which was which I thought was cool. Yeah, it was it was quite solid. Uh, yeah, and it yeah it was yeah yeah it was. Yeah, it was very very clear from the beginning what it was about, and it, uh, it followed that all the way through. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was just a yeah, it, it's not that often that you get movies that are that clear, know exactly what they're about, and seem to just be supremely focused on getting that across. Really well done, and definitely worth checking out. 
Hopefully, anyone that's listening to this went and watched the movie before listening to us spoil Ideally. the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start putting that as like a public service announcement at the beginning of this. This is the movie we watched. If you haven't seen this movie, pause, go watch it, and come back. <laughs> Maybe. I always like doing these things kind of with the assumption that people have seen it. It's an analysis, right? So I don't want to get caught up in like, oh... You know, spoilers or no spoilers. It's like we're talking about the whole movie. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you see how long the you know the, this podcast is, then uh, we we may we may not just gloss over the the synopsis <laughs> like twenty times. Okay, um, yeah. I guess this is goodbye. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> See you. See you next week, guys. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of Theme Team. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. Next time, we'll be looking at the movie Sunset Boulevard by Billy Wilder. I hope you can join us then.